Let's bring in our first guest of the day on FT, President of Baseball Operations of the Cincinnati Reds, joining us on the show. Nick Crawl with us right now, and this team did some did some moves, made some moves this offseason. Nick, great to have you on. And how was your offseason now as we enter spring training? Did you feel like you accomplished what you wanted? It was it was busy. It was it was definitely busy. Um, yeah, you know we 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 we've got a lot of young good players, and, and I'm really excited about. But you know we also wanted to supplement some uh, guys, whether it was the pitching staff or uh, you know bring in uh, Jay Marcandelario. You know we're really excited to have those guys we brought in this offseason. What was the biggest thing you think this team needed going into the offseason? Pitching, you brought in Candelario. I mean, what, what was the number one when you when the season ended last year and you guys just missed the playoffs? When you sat down and you said, "All right, this is what we're going with." What was the number one thing on your list? I, I would say I, I give you two. One, we you know we obviously lost Joey Votto. You know, we we wanted to bring in some veteran leadership, and we feel like we have accomplished that with all the guys we brought in. And second, it, it was it was pitching depth, and, and I mean we we used we we. Uh, we used a lot of starters last year and, and it really, it, it struggled to get through the season at different points with injuries. So, you know, just having more depth uh, to our pitching and, and being able to have some young players being able to grow on their time. Uh, I think those were the two most important things. You said he lost Joey Votto. Was there ever any discussion? Was it definitely just a mute point as the season ended? Thank you very much for all your time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I talked to Joey a couple of times throughout the season, um, just, you know, just where he was, obviously started the season on, on the injured list. Um, and, you know, at the end of the year, it, it just with with Christian Encarnacion Strand uh, making strides forward and, and, and having Jonathan India and then the, the other younger kids uh, come up and, and make contributions and, and, you know, they were going to be part of the team. You know, it was it was a decision that we made after the season that, that we were just not going to pick up his option. How does that go? I always wondered how that because he—it's not like a journeyman guy that's kind of not been on. He's been on one team. Is so is that a mutual thing? Do you call? Do you pick up the phone? Does the owner pick up the phone and say, "Listen, Joey, you've been here for you know, fifteen years. We're just not going to bring you back. It's not a fit anymore." And is there a response or is it a mutual thing? Because I've never had that situation, and I don't know that many people have ever had explained how that goes. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. I, I think you know when you look at Joey, Joey, Joey was here. I've been here for 22 years. Joey was here as a minor league player when he first started, and and you know with coming up through the system and 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 getting to know him over over the course of years, you know I I, I talked about you know where we were, just trying to what we were trying to do at the beginning of the season. He and I sat down um, early, uh, you know, before in spring training of last year, and then it was just like, hey, this is how it's going to play out, or how, you know, and and we'll see. And as the season played out, it was just it, it became more and more apparent that it, we had a lot of younger players that were pushing for uh, uh, playing time. And, you know, with with that said, you know, I, I picked up the phone uh, a couple weeks after the end of the season and, and I talked to him. He was uh, actually in Spain at the time. Um, and we waited a couple days to announce it because, you know, I, I wanted to make sure he was able to tell his family, as you know, before uh, before it got to the media. But, you know, it was it was a conversation we, we had and just trying to make the best decision for our club hitting on the jmar uh signing from this offseason kind of surprised some people does this signing is it more indicative of the kind of player that and leader like you said that candelario is or more indicative of maybe how some of the younger players like ellie 
struggled a little bit later in the season, later in the season, later in their debuts, and it gives you a little bit of a hedge. Well, if you look at if you look at our team last year, um, and, and I'll take the minor league portion of that season as well, because a lot of our guys came up in, in, at some point during the season. You know, Ellie was Ellie and Christian were injured at, in, at the start of uh, at the start of the big league season. Um, Matt McLean was hurt for the last month. Jonathan India was hurt uh, at the end of the season and, and played through uh, some plantar fasciitis. Noel Di Marte uh, would end up getting hurt in the uh, in the Dominican Winter League. So you we knew we'd have uh, playing time there. You know, Spencer Steer uh, played 35 or so games in the outfield last year. So it's a guy that we brought in. Yeah, he's a veteran leader. He's got a chance to be an impact player, but he's got a chance to be an impact player um, both sides both sides of the ball and, and being able to. to give guys days off, letting guys uh, use the DH spot and just put another bat in our lineup. So it was a little bit of both, but, you know, we felt uh, we need another versatile player in our, in our, uh, uh, in our infield uh, with that group. Nick, if you knew that the offseason was going to play out this way and the potential that some big names could have their numbers come down a little bit in terms of their asking price, would you have played it any differently, and would you still explore it? I mean, I don't want to go to this extent, but I will. <laughs> Mike Moustakis signed with the Reds years back after taking that one-year pillow contract much lower than he was worth at the time, and it became a bargain for a moment for KC. Yeah, if, if there's something that, that fits for us, I, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. Um, but, you know, playing the offseason the way we did, I, I think, you know, look, we, we needed some guys – I'm really excited about what Frankie Montes brings to the field as both uh, a person and a pitcher. You know, I think he's got a chance to be and regain that form as a top of the rotation guy. And, you know, he, he also has the ability to, to, to lead that staff. Um, you know, Nick Martinez is a versatile guy that can pitch in both roles, uh, which, you know, gives us some flexibility there. And, and adding some of the veteran pitchers that we did to our bullpen, I, I don't think I would have changed that at all. I think, you know, we're just going to look and, and see what we can do um, to continue to improve this club as we move through spring training. How close were you with Sonny Gray? Because I know he loves DJ. I know he really wanted to come there. And this guy, he's a difference maker. And in, to me, that type of veteran pitcher with your younger staff would solidify it and make, to me, make you guys the favorites. But how close were you with Sonny Gray based on what you saw he signed for? Yeah, I mean, he, he and I, he and I had multiple conversations throughout the uh, uh, the week. I mean, I've got a good relationship with Sonny. I think you know from when he was here before. Great guy, great pitcher. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt we were we were in that final decision, and and I think he just you know he and his family made the decision to go to St. Louis, and um, you know I, I wish him the best. I, I love him as a guy. He's a great great person, great teammate, and uh, you know I, I wish him nothing but success. Thinking of, speaking of, I want to talk about a guy that is on your team, and that's Jonathan India. Now, all these trade rumors, is it because you went to LSU and he went to Florida that you want to get rid of him so bad? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, 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 I do, uh, you know, during the, uh, during the College World Series, I, I, did, uh, I did make sure that uh, I made some comments, and, and I, we got Jake Fraley in the clubhouse as well as an LSU guy, so that's helpful. Okay. Well, what's his role going to be this year? What's his – What's his because you signed him to an extension? He's there now, more than likely. So, what's his role? Is he going to be just a utility guy giving days off? I mean, you you got to find a way to put his bat in the lineup every day, right? Yeah, I, I think you know he's going to get playing time. It, it's you know he's going to play some second base. He's going to play some first base. He's going to get some DH roles. You know, I, he he's going to take some balls in the outfield in spring training to see how where that is. You know, I, I'm 
really excited about having him on this team. He's not a guy that, that you want to get rid of. It's just he, he's, a, he's a good leader for this club. But, you know, like I said before, you, you do have injuries. I mean, if you give everybody 20 days off throughout the course of the year, you know, and then factor the DH in that, that's 100 games that somebody's going to end up playing um, across the board with, with one of those guys. So I, I think we, we are in, in good shape and we have a lot of guys that we can give at bats to. I'm excited about having the amount of players that we have um, that can make impact, whether it's giving a guy a day off and this guy can come in, using a platoon advantage over here, um, giving a guy uh, uh, some spots in the outfield. So I, I really like our group. Nick, I want to ask you about Ellie De La Cruz. What do your projections look like for him this coming season? And if he goes through a slump of sorts because he's still a young player and he's had some swing and miss issues, do you think the move would be to let him regain confidence or do you let him ride it out? What do you do with a player? I know it's different on a per player basis, but what do you do with someone like him? What's he like? I mean, he's a great, he's a great player. He's a great, great person. I think he's just coming in. He's, he's made some swing adjustments to, to quiet down his leg kick. Um, it's, it's shorter the ball. You know, I think he got to, uh, got a little longer as the season progressed last year, but he's a dynamic talent that can play shortstop. He's got all the tools in the world. And I think we just, you know, it is a per player by, uh, it's, it's a player-by-player player, um, decision. I think, you know, we're looking for him to get off to a good start and sustain that throughout the season. A lot of teams have come out and said, especially NL Central, AL Central, ah, you know what, we're looking to build a certain organization like some other organizations and really compete in the division. Are the Reds built to win the World Series? Is that is that a discussion that is had, or is it, guys, let's just win the division and we'll have a neat season? <laughs> I mean, look, you're, you're always coming in to, to be, to win, right? Like that, that's your goal. It's, it's not, you know, we're, you guys know this, the people that work in, in front offices, we're the, some of the most competitive people in life. And I think, you know, we, we're all looking to build our organization to win a world series. We want to build a sustainable winning organization. You know, you look at where the, where the Diamondbacks were last year. Um, you know, we finished two games behind them and they end up getting to the world series. You look at the, the Rangers, they, they, you know, get get into the playoffs at the end of the last weekend, and they end up winning the World Series. So, you know, there, there's you get in, anything can happen. I think we do have some really good, talented young players that that have a chance to take some steps forward this year, and I'm really excited about that. Nick, I'll, I'll double down on Kratz's question. Why do you think so many teams come out, certain people in front offices, and say, "Oh, we want to be like the Rays," you know? And the Rays have had a ton of regular season success, but I mean. Don't you want to be like the dynasty Giants, the dynasty Yankees? Like, do you guys ever talk internally and say, oh, we really want to be like the Rays right now, you know, or they're just the example of the last 10, 15 years where it's a low payroll, but we are able to still be competitive on a yearly basis, but we haven't won a World Series. Yeah, I, I first off, I think competitive is a losing word. Like it's it's if you're competitive, you're just good enough to lose, right? Like that's you're in the game, you're in the game and you lose. Oh, we were competitive. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to win. I think heard you guys talking about uh, the, the Giants from 2010 to 2016. I think uh, Eric Kratz said uh, that you, that's the team he wants to be on. I think that's a great a great idea. You know, it's it's a team that, that makes the playoffs, but also, you know, they won three World Series. I think it's a great uh, example to follow, and, and, you know, that's what we would like to do. I agree. That'd be great. Three World Series in five years, that would be awesome for, yeah. for Cincinnati. I, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I think that doesn't any organization would take that. Forget just Cincinnati. And then think about it. If you do that, man, you're forever linked to Cincinnati greatness. That'd be oh, yeah. awesome for anybody. So 
Good luck. I really do mean that because Cincinnati is a great baseball town. But last year, you guys were in it. We, we all know you guys were in it. Again, you were competitive. You didn't make it, right? You didn't trade some of your guys. You didn't make a lot of moves at the trade deadline. Is there, is there a fine line between falling in love with your prospects and not trading them for, for a chance to win? And then also, what did you learn? Because there was everyone out there saying, man, the Reds should trade for a pitcher. They should make some moves. They have a chance. And then you came up short. So are things going to change? And what did you learn from it? Well, I mean, I think you you look at the, the pitchers that were on the market that got traded and not one of I mean, there weren't many of them that actually had a lot of success over the final, uh, you know, two months of the season. You know, when we looked at it, it, it was, you're right. There, there's a, you can fall in love with your prospects. Um, you know, we were in a spot where um, you, you could have made some moves and could have, you know, gone a little bit farther than, than we wanted to with, uh, to, to make a move, but Teams were asking us for guys on our major league club, and I wasn't willing to trade those guys. I wasn't willing to trade guys off the major league club that were the young players, and that was, those were the marquee players that people wanted. And, and I just I felt that if if you were taking guys off the big league club, you were just robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you were going to end up uh, losing something off the club as you were even with gaining a rental. That's understandable. That makes sense. So I'm curious, just for some inside front office perspective, when you get a counter that involves players that are on your big league club and you say, Hey, no, we're trying to win. That's why we're doing this. Do you then, you know, offer people that aren't on the big league club or the team sometimes just shuts you down and moves on and says, well, that's not what we want. We're going to talk to other ball clubs. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I also looked at a situation last year, like Seattle, where I know they wanted to acquire some more hitters for their major league club, but they ended up giving up Paul Seawald. And a lot of people are like, well, they should have gone to their prospect capital. But maybe that's something that's not in the cards on the other side. I don't know. I think it's team by team when you're when you're dealing with somebody, you know, are you looking for close to the major league level players? You know, if you're a team in the race, obviously you're looking for major league players and you might make a major league for major league trade. But, you know, I, I think sometimes you go back and you might offer some minor league players, uh, players that aren't as close and, and, you know, maybe a little farther away. And, and some teams just weren't willing to do that. One more insidery kind of conversation that we've had with our fan base is how offers are made. So can you give us the perspective of how that goes down? I think a lot of people have the perception that you pick up the phone, you call, you say you're interested, you start throwing out numbers, the other side throws out numbers, but that's generally not how it happens in baseball. Comps are made and it's kind of a little bit of a dance until you feel like you're in the right range and then you start to play ball. Am I accurate there? And can you kind of help to explain just an example of how a deal would be made? We don't need the name, but just an example of how this really happens with you and an agent. Yeah. And an agent or, or you're saying an agent or, or, or a trade? I'm saying for a signing, like this off season, sometimes oh, people okay. are like, well, Sorry. what's the number? I'm like, well, generally the number doesn't even get thrown out there until you're pretty close to already deciding you're in the right range. I think it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there, there's some obviously posturing. I think this starts, you know, we, we, we set up a, a, a you know, we set up our, our free agent board at the, uh, right when the off season begins. And, you know, we go through it with our staff, our analytics staff, our, our, our pro scouting staff, and we look at these, we look at everything and, and say, okay, where do these guys fit in and, and what do we need and, and, and who fits? Um, and when we do that. It's, it's a, we'll sit down with all of the, with, we'll sit down with just about every agent uh, at the GM meetings. Um, and that's where the conversations start. You know, who do you have? What do you have? You know, what are you looking for? Where do you, you know, and some, sometimes it's, Hey, I'm looking for years on this or, or versus, 
you know, uh, I'm looking for a rebound or this is, you know, you're trying to figure out what, what situation each player's in and, and what situation matches up. And I think then, you know, it's, it's having the conversations over the next few weeks as you get to the winter meetings. Um, and it, sometimes it's sitting down with the same agents and kind of going through the players and, and, and adjusting. Sometimes you made a deal a little earlier. Um, I, I think it's, you know, whenever you talk to, uh, whenever you're talking to the agents, I think you're trying to figure out where the ranges are and, and trying to figure out where everybody's range is. And then, um, see what fits for you. And, and, you know, some guys are obviously not in your range financially and some guys are, and um, some guys want, you know, a lot lower money, but you don't have the fit for them uh, because it's not a fit on your club. So I, I think it's, it's different for different guys, but at the same time, I, I think you're, you're trying to f- feel each other out as you're going through the process. And then, you know, then you start making offers whenever you're ready. And then uh, you start making those exchanges. Okay, Nick. So did you see the Hunter Green Ellie De La Cruz window bashing. Who's who's responsible? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, it's uh, you got to hit the ball straight, right? Like that's that's uh, Ellie's responsible. <laughs> okay, because that was foul. That was a foul ball, correct? Where he broke his it window. It was. Yeah, it was. I, I yeah. was walking out to my car yesterday because we had to go to the media day, and I walked past it, and I, and I it just it was right in the front row. Don't park in the front row. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was bad by him. Especially when you're pitching, because then, yeah, that was bad. Mm-mm. Understood. Understood. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know, the Reds should maybe pay for that because it's good. It's good publicity. Not Ellie. Hunter's way richer. No. The Reds are way richer than both of them, but that's True. a whole different story. Uh, all right. So, and then you had Eric Kratz out this in January, I think it was, to do catching drills. Was he the one that came up with the fake pig drill? Was he the one that uh, I, said, hey, sure we're going to do the fake pig drill? Love the drill. Love love the fake pig. That was great. Yep. So it wasn't Kratz because he's taking credit all over the place. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll make sure I'll make sure JR House knows that you're taking credit for it. Oh, perfect. All right. Now we know who's behind it. All right. Then last thing, at least for me, uh, David Bell's your manager. He's got some great snaps. Does he still walk with a limp from where I broke his leg when he was flipping to me when I was on Cardinals? I don't know. That's I'll, uh, he does not walk with a limp, but I'm going to bring that up with him. Yeah, he said I didn't have any bat speed, and then I hit one off his foot, and he went into a cast for like a month from where I broke his foot. So, you know, paybacks are a bitch sometimes, Dave. That's fair. <laughs> hey, Nick, I've, I've got one more. A lot of fans are asking about Hunter and the potential of a third pitch. What's the latest there? I know he's working on one. Splitter, right? Is that what he's working on? Yeah, I mean, he's – he's. Uh... Fastball slider changeup. Uh, he's working on on a split in, in camp. Uh, he's looked pretty good so far, but obviously it's early in camp, and, and uh, we'll we'll see how it plays in games. Do you think he needs another pitch in the arsenal? Like, do you think that's kind of how he unlocks another level? I, I think for him, it's just it's becoming more consistent and getting more command as you know and harnessing that stuff. Okay, cool. Well, Nick, it was awesome to have you on. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you at some point during the season. I think actually we'll be out there at some point early on in the season. So we'll come say hello. What do you got, Adrian? Sounds great. Thank yeah, you. Where you go? On. Just one more thing. <laughs> go Gators. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Nick. We appreciate you. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. Thank you. Oh, now you're going to leave it on the desk, too. No, no one can see it. It's, it's always been on the desk. No one just You guys moved it. But I am the worst at paying attention to small details. Like, that could be on the desk the whole year, and it then I go, been. oh, what's that doing on the desk? It has been there the whole year. That's it's always just out of camera. That was good. Though. I hope that was helpful for some people to learn about some processes that we go over throughout the offseason. How does it really go down with team and agent? And also, 
I think Nick is more straightforward than some of the other front offices. Is that fair to say too, Kratz? Where some of the front office members might do more dancing than the Reds? It sounded like he gets to business maybe a little quicker. And also they got some of their deals done a little quicker. I don't think they sit. Yeah, I don't think they sit around. I mean, kind of like what the Cardinals were doing. They were in on Sonny and then it was like, all right, pivot, Jamar. You know, then it's, they were, it feels like the teams that are not going to play at the high end, at the deep end of the pool, they're going to get their deals done quick. And so they're probably putting offers out there a lot sooner, whether that's good for their, good for them or not. They're getting the guys that they want and then their off season's done and over with. I like teams that are aggressive though. Yep. They pick their guys. They said, we want Frankie Montas. We want this. We want that. We want this. We want Heimer Candelario. We want, boom. We're focused on those guys, and we are going to get them. And they did it. It's like the Cardinals. The Cardinals said, we want Sonny Gray. We want Kyle Gibson. We want Lance Lynn. Boom. Here's their offers. Boom. We're done. They're done early in the offseason. Now they're not sitting around going, oh, we're going to play a game with Scott Boris or the agent, whoever's left out there, and say, all right, well, let's see if we can afford this. No, we picked our targets. We got our targets done. And now that spring training's here, they're ready to rock and roll with their team. And if they need to make adjustments in season, they can do it because the Reds, guess what? They finally have prospect capital to make the moves they want to make. Mm -hmm. Did you like the Rays conversation we had with him too? Competitive is a losing word. I love that. That was a good answer. Ah, That's that's what will get some run, and that is the right way (laughs) to go about it. I don't know why there are – What did you say competitiveness is losing mentality? She said, wait, I wrote it down. Competitive is a losing word. Yep, that's awesome. I I don't know why there are – either certain owners or front office members that are coming out and saying, I want to be like the Rays. I don't know why you go down that route. Is that a winning way to do your PR to your fans? Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we respect the Rays and what they're doing. There's one Rays organization. The obsessiveness with some teams that they want to be like the Rays is just weird to me. You don't have to bring them up. Leave that alone. Say, we want to fucking win. We want to create a dynasty here. And then it's, that's it. It's said all the time. There was no no team that I was asked about more often than the Rays. What did the Rays do? What, what was different about what the Rays did? When you were over there, what, what did you see? What did you – and it was like they're, they're very – so it's said a lot. And so eventually organizations, top – front office people, owners, they're like, oh yeah, like, we'll just, I'll just say it. Cause that's what I'm always hearing. That's who we want to be like. So in your mind, what do they do differently? I mean, we get the money part, but from my conversations with other players, they let them be themselves, which class has brought up to us. And when certain pitchers come over, they're like, oh, that's your best pitch. Let's throw it way more often than you've been throwing it. Now, you can say things smarter than I can, but what are the examples that you gave to people? They talk. They all talk from top to bottom, from Neander to Cash to the 26th man on the roster. We are willing to listen to whatever ideas you have, whatever you think in a certain situation will get us another win, will get us more value out of a player. And so things don't fall through the cracks. You don't get traded over there and they say, yeah, you know, we really like his slider, but we don't want to get in the way of of Snyder, the pitching coach. Uh, you know, so we'll just let him do his thing. 
No, he's going to communicate with the front office. Who's going to communicate with the, you know, the performance and the performance leadership people who's going to communicate with the pitching coach. And then they're going to try to get the most out of it. And Hey, we see you as a value here. Let's use that value. And this is why we like it. And players buy in players buy in and the Dodgers do the same thing. Why can't you be like a blend of the Dodgers and the Rays? That's what I would say. If I don't have all the money, that's fine. But I want to be like a team that's won a World Series and develops and finds value in players.